so hard to not abuse animals? Uh, what's so hard about not abusing animals? Colonies can fuck themselves. I don't know. Fuck themselves. This is a shot of all I can't wait to find out about how your audacious life went this week, vegan yoga mama. You know, it was did just, you just did you get any fights at the supermarket? Um, no, I don't think I had any fights this week. I did resist the urge to tell this lady and her mother, who were both buying eggs, like everything about the egg industry. While, or like, I was thinking to myself out loud while I watched this woman and her mother, who were like in their sixties and eighties. By cartons, by cartons of ovulations that, you know, how have you lived your whole life without putting together, like, what an egg is and why are you still eating those? Well, they just lay eggs, don't they? Cows just so cows just make just milk. Like, uh, so, just, like, I want to tell people, too, like, hey, do you know when you buy those, like, male chicks get crowned up alive? I, you know, I mean, I had some, like, crazy trolls this week. You had crazy trolls? Some crazy trolls to handle but you know it was just like a typical week nothing like crazy out of we have to ask when we bring sheena on we have to ask her how she deals with trolls because she seems oh. like the most patient oh. canadian i've ever seen in my life and she's probably like the most gracious troll handler she's probably she probably bit. handles trolls the way pentecostals <laughs> handle snakes she's just like oh yeah they're just fine it's no problem at all she's she's she's, she's like she's just a better person than most of us i think I typically, to be perfectly honest with you, I typically am like a lot like more restrained than I want to be with trolls because I feel like I don't want to, like I'm not trying to like insult them. I'm just trying to be like what you're saying like is wrong. This guy told me today like he literally couldn't understand when I asked him. It was too many words for him to decipher. And I, all I said was, are you telling me that if I if somebody cuts you up into pieces, that's the same as picking an apple from a tree? Because they like compared, you know, plants, yeah, plants whatever. have feelings. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, your your you know your cognitive dissonance has caused you to come to my page and like liken the suffering that you choose to cause. This was way too many words for this person, you know, to like mowing your grass. You know, are you telling me that if we cut you into pieces, that's like picking an apple from a tree? Same as picking like, an apple. Stab, yeah. Cutting a tomato is the same as stabbing a kitten. Yeah, I guess <clears throat> I used to be like that too when, with my online stuff. But ever since this channel, and it was like, this is a channel for vegans yeah, and carnies can, it's <laughs> carnies aren't really welcome. It's not really for, this isn't really a proselytizing channel. This is a channel for vegans right. to talk about vegan shit. So. Like my outreach, I, I think people think that I'm always like that. If I'm doing outreach or talking to people in the street, I'm much more, I'm, I'm kinder. Although I do laugh at people. It's like a, a thing that I do. But when, when people troll this channel, I feel I figure they're coming for the abuse. I'll just, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, it depends what they're posting, you know, like if they're like, like if like one person today was like, oh, big, like, you know, I mean, those people are just coming to be like annoying. And they, totally. You know. Well, 
Well, um, I'm glad you talked about, you said something about um, it, um, a menstruation cycle of, of birds, but yes. um, yesterday I posted something that's that's uh, pretty huge, right. pretty monumental about, mm-hmm. uh, about birds. Uh, of course, I don't know if you think the chicken or the egg came first, but um, we had this, this Dana Loves Plants, I think. Uh, D- Dana Loves Animals is the name of this activist. Uh, you can find her on Instagram. She uh, was in Georgia, and she's very into our campaign against the Henson Company and the Sesame Street Workshop for using thousands of dead birds to decorate their puppets. Um, now, I know a lot of people here like, oh, you're, I thought you were against single-issue campaigns. I am not against single-issue pa- campaigns. I, I love single-issue campaigns if they are uh, strategic, and I really do feel like taking on the the, um, the Henson Company or, um, or the Sesame Street Workshop, which are kind of the same thing, not really, but kind of, I've had to learn a lot about that, that world. They're not technically the same thing, but they are related. Anyway, if they do, if they made an, a public change, that would change. That that would be like an out for so many people okay. in the in the fashion industry, in the okay. entertainment. Okay, so that's what that's why I I am very passionate about this this issue. I I just want to bring this up. This is the very first time anyone from either camp, Sesame or Henson, has ever acknowledged that they understand that there is an issue. And let's hear if you think their of uh, their um, their their excuses are are valid. Let's let's see. The workshop going to stop abusing animals to decorate puppets. Ah, that's uh, very interesting. Um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting issue, uh, and where and the, and the shop is dealing with that. So that's there's Martin P. Robinson. Rotten, Ro- Martin P. Robinson's been there from the beginning. He does um, Snuffleupagus. He does Telly the monster, and he does. Um, Oscar the Grouch's Worm, and some other one, I forget. Uh, but Snuffleupagus, Telly, and he, he does all, all of his fe- all of his puppets actually have feathers in them, which is perfect. And he's like because- acting like he doesn't know. It's so funny. I watched this, right? Okay. Let's but what's see. weird, yeah, but he says like he, he knows about the feather problem. Well, he knows people are like are upset about it. Yeah. But he hasn't given it any thought clearly, which, but which is very interesting. I find that to be the most interesting thing is that he clearly has heard of it, but he never gave it a second thought. That's that's what I think is evidenced uh, by this. Uh, very, very seriously. There's a, there's a whole crew that's working on, uh, on uh, cutting, cutting feathers uh, with uh, laser cutters mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to see if we can address that. Um, is that like a welfareist uh, thing? That being said, you know, there's also. Well, he's cut, saying that he thinks lasers? that there's. No, there's not he. He's saying that they could cut la- out of laser with lasers. They can make artificial feathers that react oh. and behave like feathers. Oh, okay. Not yeah. A lot of people have asked me that. Is he saying that he, they, <laughs> we were going to use lasers on birds? No, he's saying a lot of people misunderstood him that way. I don't know. I think it's very interesting though. Um, no, he thinks that there are people in the workshop using laser beams to cut out of various materials feather-like uh, objects okay to replace the murdering of birds let's see what he says you know, uh, other sides of the story um, which are uh, the you know the feathers uh, the issue is that, uh, <laughs> there's other uh, sides of the story uh, uh... <laughs> oh yeah i think uh, yeah Bird is made from feathers, for instance, that we're 
murdering turkeys. I do like he said the word he said the M word. He said murdering. He yeah. said murdering. <laughs> I like what Maynard Spaceship said. Imagine something tor- someone torching you and the response is very interesting. Very interesting. Interesting. Someone's torturing you, uh, but there's lots of sides to that story. There's, lots of, there's a whole team working on this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there's <laughs> a whole team working on. They're taking it really seriously. This torture thing. Big Bird and Snuffleupagus and Telly. So, yes. Yeah. All involved feathers. Mm-hmm. It's one of the uh, one of the uh, kind of hallmarks of of, of uh, Muppet style is that they involve feathers in the in the fur in the fur work. Um, fact of the matter is, uh, you know, all the all the wincing, all the like, fact of. Uh, uh, I know it's like they just uh, can't get it out. They can't uh, make the the whole connection with the sentence. It's <laughs> clear that he's heard it and dismissed it, and now he's having to face the music, and he don't like it. You know what I mean? They probably asked him in this kind of forum before, where he really was under. At least he didn't say like, "I can't comment on it." He's trying. No, because they think activists are just weirdos that are like, "Yeah, they're never. I'll never have to answer that in public." Or at least they just never imagine they're going to. Feathers are profitable co-products with the meat industry, though not byproducts. Right. Right. So, yes, um, it's just been estimated that over 7,000 turkeys have been killed since 1969 to decorate the big bird puppet. So I'm just wondering. Well, I do know that we have um, <sighs> right now who I spoke with. Is- All right, this is Jimica Collins. She's also a Sesame puppeteer. Uh, she does the grandma. I'm not sure. I don't watch Sesame Street anymore, so I don't. I don't remember everyone. But uh, all four of these people are Sesame puppeteers. Oof! It's my favorite part. Well, as I said, feathers are profitable co-products with the meat industry, mm. not byproducts, so that's not true. Boom! They're <laughs> so he's trying to say like the they weren't killed, the byproducts, and they weren't killed. But she's saying that there is a demand to kill more turkeys. For everyone feathers. always thinks that they're just picking up the bird feathers mm-hmm. off the floor or something. Everyone always thinks that. And what a liar! Sky watches Sesame Street religiously. Of course, I do. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that 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 it's all just we just pick the feathers off the floor. What's the problem? And it's clearly not true. She's not saying true. no. They're breeding the birds for meat and feathers. It's not just meat. Oh, and the feathers are a bonus. They're for both. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to ostriches, like how many? Like it's clear. Like that's what they're doing, right? I mean. Right. Um, okay, so. I can't wait to. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 what, what were your immediate thoughts? Do you I think really that anything was? Yeah, I just. It, it's just amazing. Like I was watching some of um, very vegan mom stuff today too, and it's just amazing to see like when people are put on the spot, how they're so sure they're making a personal choice, but they just can't even find the right words to articulate a complete sentence around why mm-hmm. they're doing it and why it's justifiable. Um, and it, it's just really interesting and. Um, yeah, I do like that um, Mitrix said that, yeah, <laughs> that it's so shocking how they, they, they constantly use the word murder. But if a vegan says the word murder, they're like, oh, no, actually, the, the textbook definition in Merriam-Webster. Yeah, exactly. It is so true. <laughs> you know, in 
the Bible, murder only means a human being. Blah, 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 blah. Ever since Jesus Christ came down the Sermon on the Mount with the Ten Commandments. And it's like, wait a second, that's the wrong book. Anyway, um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Let's bring Sheena on. Uh, wow. Sheena is very vegan mom. We've covered a couple of her outreach uh, videos on on this show and on, on my regular sh daily show. Uh, she's an amazing activist out of Canada. She, um, I think, has a lot. I think all of us can learn a lot from her. Uh, I love her content. It's like that weird, like, it's, it's, very, it's very engaging. It's engrossing even because I'm... I, I I I cringe when when they talk, but I'm always like ah when she talks. <laughs> so true. You know, yes. <laughs> she yes. puts those she puts her marks at ease, and I'll never be able to do what she does. But well, maybe I'll think, learn a little bit. Yeah, I think like one of the things that's so important when you're doing outreach is like for them to feel heard, and she does such a good job of making sure that I think they feel like she's listening to them instead of just trying to say, this is what you need to do, which is what I want to do. Like, okay, go, 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 no, 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 <laughs> you know? And totally. Let's hear from you. <laughs> yeah, well, what do you think it. about that? Can I show you a little video and yeah, see what and you she think? Asked permission, and I'm just like, yeah. look at the TV, bitch. Yeah, look at <laughs> No, you, you better watch, you coward. <laughs> How does this make you feel, you asshole? You're a piece of shit. Watch it. I told you to watch it. You better fucking watch it. Yeah, no, she's like, um, would, would you mind if we'd, you, we'll just watch it together? I'll hold your hand and lull you to sleep while you watch this beautiful piece of, and you're, they're like, and then and then she cuts and cuts back and the person's in tears, just like shaking. <laughs> I'll never do it again, mama. I'll never do it again. Very vegan mom. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, Sheena, very vegan mom. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, welcome. Hi. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. <laughs> we really do. I don't know I, why we're not getting on Facebook. Sorry, I hope everybody can find us. I, I hide all of my um yeah, Facebook's having an issue right now for some oh, reason. Okay. Both of our Facebooks yeah. aren't broadcasting. It's yeah. a Facebook problem, not a not a yeah. us problem. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Paul Campbell normally watches on Facebook, but uh, sorry, everybody, there's Facebook is experiencing uh, technical difficulties. Sheena, the reason why I'm hilarious is because I use humor to cover up my shortcomings, but you seem to be <laughs> able to. Yeah. No, but the funny thing is what you guys are saying are actually what's going on in my head at the time, and I don't like say that and that's not how i respond to people but that is what's going on in my head so it's funny when you guys say that <laughs> yeah how long well let me let me so anyone who doesn't know you uh let's cover the basics okay like you're from canada i'm guessing toronto where, where are you from yeah from toronto toronto okay cool yeah I, I don't want to see. Sometimes, if an American, if if anyone else guesses incorrectly about a about Canadian geography, they get a pass. But if an American gets it wrong, they're like, "You ignorant yeah, American! It's don't that know." Way. Yeah, you don't know the difference between Montreal or Toronto. Gah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do, we do do that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but you're from uh, Toronto, and um, you've been vegan for a while. how long? Have you been vegan? Uh, maybe four and a half. Four and a half. Oh years. wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, were you so you weren't raised vegan? Um, yeah. What? What the heck? Uh, usually people like you know. What, did you just like watch a movie? How, how did you go vegan? Why did you go vegan? Yeah. No, I was raised in a. Well, my parents are Indian, and they were 
Hindu, but not very religious, but they used to eat everything. I think mostly vegetarian, but they definitely would have animal products in the house, eggs, mm. chicken, uh, fish. And as uh, I think when I was about 16, I went vegetarian. Um, it just never felt right to me to eat animal flesh. So I went vegetarian and I was vegetarian for about 10 years. And then I mm. kind of still really didn't see the ethical side. I didn't really know what happened in the industry. It was just always something that kind of felt wrong. Um, and then I went back to eating kind of everything. And then when I was well, much too old to, uh, it's, it's hard, it's hard to say this. Like, I think I was 42 when I suddenly started real, like looking into everything. And, um, it was just happened on a night out. I was with a friend, uh, very well, like a friend I really respected. She's a social worker. And, um, she mentioned a documentary called forks over knives oh that's um, a classic okay a lot of people forks over knives is that's like a i'm surprised only four years ago that's like when yeah. people tell me they've been vegan 10 years ago they're like forks over knives that's it that's the one yeah yeah and i'd heard about it before but i think like other people you just go oh god do i want to know do i want to know you know put it put it to the back and just carry on with your life um and i think it happened at like the right time which i think it has to for most people you know only once you're kind of open to receiving the information or what do they say when the when the student is ready the teacher will come or whatever and i was just so like living this life of which a lot of us do like traveling and working and partying and drinking mm. and i thought that was the point of life and i was getting to the point where i was like i think after i'd had my son <clears throat> when i was 40 i was like okay surely there's more to life than this and um it was just, yeah, it was amazing when we sat and we watched that documentary, everything started making sense to me, all the kind of feelings I had had before then <clears throat> about, okay, this, this something about this is not right for sure. Um, you you throw yeah. a couple numbers out there with age and everyone, of course, in the chat's going like, you're how old? No, no. Oh, really? Oh, I can't, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can't the, I can see little bits of the chat, but yeah. Oh, I, I could hear yeah, the, I could hear the gasps, yeah. the gasps around the world going, 41? No way. I think I think everyone thinks you're way younger than that. Um, so yeah. I mean, it sounds like your parents kind of were raising you in in kind of a culturally Indian way. So there yeah. there were no you said there were no cows. I heard a lot of animals in there, but there were no cows in the house, right? So like, but they weren't religious. Is that yeah. kind of accurate? Yeah, they wouldn't eat beef because you know traditionally Hindus don't eat beef. Right. But um, you know nobody had we had no idea about dairy, the connection between dairy and beef. Um, and then yeah, I mean they were they were you know, culturally Indian and we would do, you know, all the Indian like ceremonies and stuff, but they weren't ever very strict, strict strictly religious. They lived in England in the seventies and my sister and mm. I are born in England. Um, very, very liberal minded. Yeah. And yeah. So they just kind of let us do whatever. So when we, we kind of left the house, we were, they never cared that we ate beef. We, ne they never cared. We did, you know, whatever, whatever we got up to, but, um, yeah. Well, how so, were they when you went vegan, though? Because it sounds like mm -hmm. usually with uh, Indian people, they're like they're okay with vegetarian. They're like, okay, I understand. But how were they okay? Were they okay when you said I'm thinking about veganism? No, no, no. They okay, no. They were like, like most, like a lot of parents do. Oh, that's just one step too far. Mm. Um, <laughs> You're gonna die. And, you know, they go with the whole. Oh, all I want to do for my grandson. Yeah, that oh, you know, yeah. worrying about how it's gonna affect my child's health or. Um, the whole, oh, I just want to make him some, you know, traditional Indian dishes that have this. And it took a lot of explaining, well, you can still do all of that. You just have to use the vegan versions. And then um, 
they're, I haven't they're, had any vegan paneer yet, and I'm telling you, like yeah, tofu, tofu is not the same. And I, yeah. I, that's one thing. That's hard. I, I ate a lot of Indian food, and when I went vegan, and there was no more palak paneer, I went. Uh, I was pretty upset about it. That was like my favorite dish. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's a really, really hard one. I think with the tofu press, it's a bit easier to do the paneer with getting the water out of it and having yeah. a nice like coconut Squeaky. cream in there and a lot of vegan <laughs> butter. But it's still, yeah, that's that's a really hard one is the paneer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so but but yeah, you, you, you were raising a kid and the kid didn't, is, is your child alive or are you... Uh... <laughs> Did, did, did yeah, your yeah. child make it? <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's totally fine. How old is your son? He just turned six uh, this week. Oh, sorry. He just turned seven. Oh, happy birthday. You have one son. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I have two boys. They're um, four, and the other one's going to be 10 next week. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, so a, a lot of birthday seven? parties. Do kids get it? Do Kevin, do kids understand? Do you think your seven-year-old understands the difference, or...? Definitely now, yeah. yeah, yeah. Until no. about five, eh, kind of, so so, but now, definitely now. Yeah, like we we like briefly just for a second chatted about like birthday parties, but I can tell you something I noticed because you asked that question. I think it's a, it's kind of interesting. So today I took my four year old to a birthday party. He's the youngest in his class, so the kid turned five. Last year we went to the same kid's birthday party, and it was the same kind of setup. And last year, my little boy was three. So he was a little bit upset. He didn't really seem to understand, like, why are the other kids eating cake and mom brought me a cupcake, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't get it. He wanted their cake. But this year, he wanted his cupcake because he knew it was vegan. So he's four and he gets it now. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he got yeah. it at three. Yeah. Um, and he, the other kids were like, oh, what's the matter? You know, and it was just, like, it just kind of broke my heart a little bit because they're giving the kids pizza they're giving them cake and it's like the kids rely on the adults and none of them want to self-reflect and look what's happening here and i've had conversations with like a lot of the parents there and they like agree with everything about veganism when they talk to me and then they just like totally forget it when it's time to like apply it to life and i feel like as a parent like your kids rely on you it's your responsibility to yeah. do better and i just feel like they're gonna look back with such shame at this ignorance mm -hmm. that here we are at a birthday party and i all i can see first of all i can i smelled the pizza it made me so sick and this other kid was like where's pepperoni and it's like this is a little kid this is it's talking where's the little pig flesh from the six month old pig who burned in a gas chamber that's what i hear yeah and like, and it's like um you know, one day that's going to be common knowledge. It's getting there sooner rather than later, hopefully. But, you know, and it's like, like, it's, it's just people want to say we're abusing our kids. And then it's like, oh, oh, no, sorry. You you only have secretions on your pizza, not flesh. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the truth, right? Like, yeah. I just, I don't know what to do with it. It's it, it takes great restraint to not stand up on the couch in the party and be like, what are you people doing to these kids who are like soaking pus and poop off of bread because you're giving it to them and normalizing it and all the other kids are doing it you know and here my kids happy eating his vegan cupcake and his mm -hmm. vegan snacks and I mean he has a smile on his face all the time he doesn't care and all the other kids want his food mm -hmm. yeah That's and I, I do try and like make the little like I chat to the parents like you do and I'm sure a lot of vegan parents and moms would like moms and dads would but I just always say to the kid oh 
we don't have the cheese because that's meant for the baby cow or we yeah. don't have this because it's always trying to like reason with them more than their I try and reason with the kid more than the parent. Oh, we don't have the, we don't have that cake because it has cow's milk that's meant for a baby cow. Mm-hmm. Or we don't have it. It's got eggs and the chicken dies. A chicken mm-hmm. dies for the egg or something. But I always say something like that because that the, the parents they have this like visceral response. But like you said, they don't do anything um, with it because they don't want to inconvenience themselves to like even think. It's first of all, they think it's going to bring on all these other changes in their lives, not realizing how easy it is. And then, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's really one hard. Of the, one of the moms to you, like, yeah, the kids are too young at this point. I don't really, I didn't say anything to any of the yeah. children. Are they really? Like, well, the, I, well, it's, well, it's Zach and his kid. What I say to my kids is this hurts an animal. This doesn't. Which one do you want? And that's mm-hmm. the choice I give mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And they understand, like, oh, there's a cow was hurt for that. Oh, and they don't want it. But like, yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's just like, they. but I guess like what Sheena was saying, like, we don't eat the cows because that's the the baby's food. Isn't that something that we teach kids at a very young age? Like, don't take what doesn't belong to you. Isn't that something like one of, one of the first lessons we learn as children? Like that doesn't belong to you. That belongs to your brother or whoever. They get that. Zach, we went to this little place the other day and there were eggs in the kitchen and Zach put them back with the hens. He's four. I didn't tell him to do that. He took the basket. He walked over to the birds and he, and I said, what are you doing? And he goes, they're their eggs. They're laying yeah, uh, their eggs. Like, they're so not they ours. It. He gets it. He does. But that's so, what I'm teaching him. But like there was another mother there. She's about to pop with her fourth child and she's talking about the planet and it's hot and this and I'm like yeah you know like we need to really kind of like take responsibility like our kids are kind of depending on us to do something we can make changes and she's like oh my god that's so I don't even want to think about that I'm like Mm. but you have to like this is your responsibility I know it's it's so hard you know I think our brains are programmed to only be concerned with what's in front of us I think it's our way of not being overstimulated or not overstimulated, but just kind of taking on the problems of the world. We're only whatever would affect our immediate community and our family is all that really is meant to go into our brains. Anything else would be, you know, somebody else's business or happening in a different community somewhere else. We're all, so I think totally. we're still like that. Our brains are still like only able to take in certain amount of trauma and everything else going on. So I find that's the hardest part to get through to people that in the world yeah. that we live in, we can't just have this visceral response that only involves us because our choices don't involve others like they used to. Yeah, I mean, that's like an evolutionary, I mean, uh, in the book Homo Sapiens by Yuri, I forget his last name all the time, but he, uh, he talks about like it makes yeah, okay our whole idea the whole idea of humanity is like get together have a mm-hmm. c- close community always keep an eye on the weird ones because they might be trying to not actually be part of your tribe mm-hmm. and think about maybe the tribe over the hill that's going to come kill you but other than that like you don't really think about okay I'm building a fire and the the smoke's going to go in and harm the environment and and affect whatever the weather like it's just not in us to do that and it takes our intellect in order to, and that's difficult because most people. People just aren't intellectual, frankly, and it's it's hard. But um, Sheena, you're able to. Well, let me back up a little bit because I do want to get into your activism. And it, with your name, very vegan mom, I have this 
this suspicion that originally you wanted to do like vegan mom content, but I almost never see any, you you almost never mention the mom raising a kid stuff. It's almost always outreach. How did you evolve to that? Am I right? First of all, I, 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 it has to be right. You wanted to do vegan mom content. No, 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 I don't. I don't really like, I mean, I like mom content and I like, you know, watching all these like gentle parenting things and, um, you know, like home life, like I love yeah. cooking and baking and like, you know, teaching my child, like doing very homely stuff. Yeah, mom but, shit. You know, I, mom shit, yeah. but I never really <laughs> wanted to make like mom content. The reason that I got, I came to very vegan mom is because I'm very fucking vegan. Like that's yeah. all I do. That's all I talk about. That's all I think about apart from my son. That is yeah. all I do and all I think about. So that's kind of where I got to that. But I'm still like thinking about how to like articulate that in videos. And I will be making other kind of mom, but it'll all be like mom activist content, not just like home life. So how did how did you get started with that though? Because I know a lot of people, and it's something that 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 um, that nexus is really important to me to explore is how you get someone who's like seen forks over knives or whatever, however they get to veganism, and then they transition to being vegan activists. That seems yeah. seems a difficult hurdle for a lot of people. You've been vegan for four something, let's call it five years, and you've you've done it and you're making amazing content and showing people how it's, I, I hate calling it content because you're actually doing amazing activism that happens to also be content. What, how did you get into that? how did you get into, how'd you just become an activist? Were you an activist before? Were you out there? No. So I think what, so where did I leave? When I was telling you about how I became vegan, yes, we watched Forks Over Knives and then we started a movie club. So there was like the friend, oh. the social worker friend, and then there was two other um, um, females in the group. And we, then we watched, what the health and then we watched cowspiracy and then i went to the library and i picked up this book it was called diet for a hot planet and it was basically like all the other books that talk about you know how and what how animal agriculture affects the environment and it was like cowspiracy in a book and it was like 10 years old at that time so like 15 years old now and i just was like flabbergasted i just couldn't believe it and at that point with with a child you're like what what the heck are we doing and then I started, I think I'd always been like concerned about social justice issues. And I'd always, al that's always what I would read about. Like ever since I was young, I would always be concerned about what's going on in the world. And um, I guess being an Indian female and, you know, going through experiences in my own life, I just thought, you know, how horrible a feeling it is to be discriminated on based upon anything, um, based upon your race or your gender, or, you know, then when I fell into veganism, I was like, I could see how bad it was straight away just to be discriminated on based upon your species and i was like i could just feel inside i was just getting so so like motivated to do something and then the last week just by myself i watched um dominion because no everyone kind of lost interest and or uh -huh. they they really i remember one of the girls was like sorry one of the females was like oh this is too much my boyfriend's like getting mad at me i'm still wanting to eat less meat and she just felt the pressure kind of too much so she was my like last hope to watch uh. Dominion, but she she didn't do it but anyway so, I watched so you're dominion on your own watching day. dominion in a dark room yeah. all by yourself yeah. like i'm the last woman standing yeah it was yeah I'm, and i'm so glad i did like it just kind of changed my life and then it was um i think i went to a cube i was living in australia at the time in melbourne and i went to a cube um, straight away. And then I was like, oh, wow, I just, I love doing this. Cause I'd always be the one at the pub or like even in a club or wherever I went, just like talking to people. I love talking to people. And so when I became vegan, I thought, okay, well, I can still do that. 
but I can talk about veganism with a purpose. Um, yeah. With a purpose, yeah. So I went to um, I went to the cube, and then within like a week, there was a um, it was called the Blockade IMARC conference. So IMARC is International Mining and Resource Conference, which is like the biggest mining and resource conference in the world, and they were having that in Melbourne. So I was like, oh, I'll go along. I knew Animal Rebellion, who I think they're called something different now. It, it, is it animal rising or something that with extinction rebellion yeah so they were having like they they had a large group of vegans going as well so i did go with them because i was like got a couple hours um in the morning um because my son was home then he was still like he was like two years old um so i think a friend was taking care of it and i'm like i'm just going to go to this conference and i got there and i was just like in shock i thought what country am i in you know there was hundreds of police officers mounted police officers and just like really in the peaceful mostly pe like all peaceful activists and the way they just got taken down i was just in shock and it kind of changed my life and i thought if this can happen here in a country where we have so much freedom of speech you know what is happening in other countries and then i thought okay well we just have to speak up more and just the, yeah. those of us who can and i was like well i can you know i come from this privileged upbringing i have not a issue in the world with speaking up so yeah, I just started doing more and more activism after that, but I only started making videos a year or so ago. So how do you get people to talk to you? Do you like have a sign or do you like, are they, sometimes I notice you know them. Yeah, a couple of the people I've, I've known just from walking around in my area, like I love walking. So I walk like 10 kilometers a day and I'll just walk around and you know when somebody's friendly and they want to talk um especially after covid so just talking to people so most of the time i go i think i think only a couple of the videos are with people i've known um i used to carry have a sign and it said um well i've forgotten now share your share your thoughts on animal abuse or i've actually oh, forgotten okay. what i have because i haven't had it for a while and then it's got a youtube symbol on it um no no it says Three quest oh, it was three questions for animal lovers was my first sign. Three questions oh, for animal I lovers. I like that. Because I, I have, I'm, I'm, yes, I like that. For animal mm -hmm. lovers. I wanted three yeah, questions for my YouTube. Yeah, I, I, I'm designing a sign right now. So that's a good, I'm going to write that saying three questions for animal lovers. It's so much better than what I was thinking. Do you remember the questions? Yeah, the, um, are you an animal lover? Um, what do you think about people um, who abuse animals? And then are there any industries where you pay for animals to be abused? Do you eat meat, dairy, eggs, and fish? That kind okay. of thing. Do Those people come to the conclusion, like when you say, are there industries that you support? Are they like, oh yeah, I eat animals? Or do they, do you usually have to say, do you eat animals first? When, when I asked the third question, are like there any you, industries? Say, are there industries that you support? Do they connect yeah. with that food? I usually say that second bit straight after, so I don't even really give them a chance. Most of them look confused until yeah. I finish that sentence. That's why I started kind of saying it part. Yeah, maybe I should. I mean, I've never really tried just letting them answer once I say, okay, do you, are there any industries where you support animal abuse? Um, maybe I should let them answer and see what happens just, with that. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah. Like, I wonder whether they get, because I don't even know if I would have thought of that before. Like, I think, I mean, I was older like you too when I kind of made the connection. And um, like, I think I like thought I was going to die if I didn't eat animals. Yeah, but don't you think they'd yeah. answer in the negative? I want to see that actually, because I think they'd answer yeah. the negative. No, I think I'm they'd start sure. going like, well, I don't support dog racing and I don't support horse, horse racing, racing. And I don't, like, they would list the things that they yeah. don't do. 
And like, then you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, what about these? Right? What about eggs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess. And, and then I've changed it a little bit too because people's uh, interpretation of, like people's definition of abuse can vary. And a lot of people don't consider what happens, what they think happens to animals in animal right. agriculture is abuse. So now I say, um, what do you think about violence towards animals? And are there any industries where you pay for people to be violent towards animals? Because nobody can deny that what happens to them is violent because death is always violent. So that's what yeah, I've started asking too. now. That's really good so because true. it's, by the way, this is not, these are not my questions. Is. I think they came from a combination of like Cliff Grant and I love him. Great, yeah. um, uh, Michael in New Zealand. What was his channel? Oh, like the victim's um, perspective. The victim's perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's so good. I don't know his yeah. last name either, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and it's his sign and like convince me that it's okay to abuse animals or something, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I now then, but I stopped using a sign because people would tell me that they thought I was an unhoused person going up to people like asking for money because I walk is like freezing and I'm all like bundled up and you could just see my eyes and I have this sign <laughs> and like, yeah. So I stopped using the sign. So how do you get people to talk to you now without the sign? Oh, sorry, on the like... bottom of the sign has get a free cookie as well. So I have these, I don't know if you guys have them in the States, um, sweets from the earth. Um, I don't know. I, we have cookies though. Yeah, individually wrapped cookies, right? Because you don't want to just hand yeah. somebody a cookie right. and they'll be like, I don't want your gross right. cookie. Yeah. There are these vegan, from a vegan company. Yeah. Do you it's supply those cookie. yourself or do you like yeah. apply for, oh, okay. Because like, yeah, I know they're like a dollar fifty. Okay. Because I know yeah. in the States you can like apply for grants for some things, like things to do outreach. I don't know if they have stuff oh. like that. that are, like, yeah, Veg Fund. I, yeah, I, oh. I could have done that, but I was like, uh, it's just like a little bit of a little bit of money yeah. or Lara bars sometimes Lara bars if I can't get sweets from the earth cookies so yeah, yeah. Lara bars or some kind of do you still do the cookie thing and what do you do now that you don't have a sign so I still always have like cookies or Lara bars with me so I give them something but I don't tell them I'm going to give them something I just yeah. do it like to be nice at the end of the video because I, <laughs> I think I did read somewhere that if you give them free food they're more likely to to take on what you the information that you've given them but you um ask them for permission to record them and stuff or do you yes oh yeah okay, so you oh yeah 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 just so, verbally... so now sorry yeah so now i go up to people and i'll say um hi my name is sheena i'm looking for people to talk to about animals um are you an animal lover then most people say well I don't know if I'm an animal lover. I don't know a lot about animals. Most people say I don't know. I said, well, you don't have to know a lot about them. And then I'll kind of like tell them, you know, it's about um, our relationship with animals, how animals are treated. Um, I've never had a pet either. So I tell them, like I, I, tell, I say, I've never had a companion animal either. So I'm trying to be better with my words. Yeah. I tell them I've never had a companion animal and um, you don't have to know a lot. It's just about your general feelings towards animals and it is recorded. And then are they happy with that? About half the time, um, people say yes, so not all the time. But where do you go? Like, because sometimes it seems like you're in a park. Sometimes it seems like mm. you're in a, 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 a like a mall. Are, are you? Because my favorite one so far is the young mother. Uh, that's yeah. like that one blew my. I I, I literally was moved yeah, to. I started to get a little uh, a little teary eyed on that one. I I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not crying. At, I don't even. I didn't even cry when I watched Dominion. But when I watched that one, I got a little bit uh, overwhelmed because it seemed like she actually gave a shit and was caught in this like contradiction. Like she seemed to actually. I don't know, man. It was. It was rough. So, yeah. um, 
but that looked like it was in a mall. And I know a yeah. lot of people are afraid to even approach people at the mall. Like, how have you? How, yeah, how did I got that one happen? Out straight after that interview. You did? Yeah. So you did the interview and someone kicked you? How who, How did they kick you out? Like, um, why security, did they kick you? Security came up to me and said, do you have a permit from marketing to be here? Because you need to get in the malls. You need to have a permit to film in the mall because they don't want their mall being represented in a bad light or whatever. So they say that you have to have a permit because a lot of people are filming now. Like I saw two mm -hmm. younger people in the mall and they were just like had their cameras out and security went up to them as well. So I was just chancing it. I have been to a few different malls and like got got stopped before I could even film, but it's like the winter is long here. And um, yeah. where are you, Lauren? I'm in Kansas City, so we have kind of a cold winter too, I mean. Yeah, so it makes outreach hard, right? When you're in colder countries, but you can I mean, hit the malls. Hard. What's that? It's so hot now too. Yeah. I mean, they're having, maybe not near you, but there's fires now too. In Kansas. Yeah, I'm actually in British Columbia right now and I can't see oh. the mountains, there's smoke everywhere, yeah. Yeah, it's all on fire over there. But okay, so it's tell me, a hurricane today. So it is a hurricane. Oh, yeah. I'm in I'm in a hurricane hill, tropical storm Hillary. Now that it's in California, we change the names when they get to California. They, it's not a hurricane; it's a tropical no, storm. No, that's not it's, how it works. It's based on how many miles an hour the wind. No, I know. I'm that's <laughs> called, a, called a joke. Is it? Called a joke. I know you're that. I know you're like, you know, it's your, like me, your first hurricane, and I'm kind of a pro. So. It's the first tropical storm that has ever made landfall in California since 1939. And let me tell you, uh, Hurricane Hillary, or Tropical Storm Hillary, is a lot like uh, Hillary's emails. A lot of, a lot of news, a lot of, yeah, <laughs> they're really making a big deal of it in the news, but it, it turns out to be a lot of nothing. Anything. There's yeah, not much. Yeah. yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's very calm. It's like, it's been raining all day. But okay. I've been hear hearing tropical storm and hurricane, and I accidentally had to go. So this is totally coincidental. Karina had an eye exam at Costco because I don't know you guys. You guys have Costco where you are, and the Costco has like cheap uh, optometry, and so you, you can go there. And she had to go get an eye exam, and it happened to fall on a Saturday at eleven fifty in the morning. And let me tell you, it was a, it was a madhouse. <laughs> at, because they're, they're all in hurricane mode, right? People are just like, toilet paper, water. Like, people are going nuts over there. It was a madhouse. We didn't buy anything. We just went to the optometry and left. But it was like it was like a war zone in the parking lot. It was very, very... I've been through storms. This is... Uh, Californians don't know what a storm is. We don't know what it is out here, you know? <laughs> when I lived in Virginia, we had real storms. Like, 11 states lose power and shit, you know? Like, that's yeah. a different... Um, but I wanted to ask more about this mall thing because I'll tell you why. In Southern California, we have very few public spaces. There aren't many spots where free speech actually is okay. Even in Los Angeles, when we went up against, um, where we continue to go up against the Jim Henson Company, they rent the sidewalk from the city so that we're not even allowed to be on their on their on our sidewalk. They rent it. They lease their own sidewalk. They lease our sidewalk from the city so that they so that we can't stand on it. There are these situations in California that make it difficult to do that type of outreach, and that's the type of outreach I'm super into right now. I'm very interested in doing it, and I keep on hitting roadblocks. <laughs> I keep on like, I feel like, oh, well, fuck me. I was going to go out today, and this is what was going to happen, and I, it just never happens. And I have all these... I want to stand out in front of a Trader Joe's and do it at this point, thinking like, okay, well, they'll they'll kick me out, but at least I'll get a couple Q and A's here. How long can three questions last? Sheena, your le yours actually go a little bit longer. 
So, like with the mom, are, are they all think, of that length? Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes they're you know they're they're quite long, and I have to edit them to be shorter mm. um, because you can. So are you, are you saying so outside even any kind of private establishment, the sidewalk is not public space? Yeah, because the sidewalks are all inside of a shopping center and all of that's private property. Okay, but outdoor you're okay. Even outdoors, because everything's outdoors here, but it's all like indoor, it's all like outdoor mall type situations. Oh, those situations. like strip malls. Yeah, we don't call them strip malls here, we call them <laughs> shopping centers. But yeah, yeah, the plazas, some people call yeah. them plazas. Okay. We don't call them strip malls because it's a little bit elevated, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so how about like in, like in parks and parkettes, like the smaller parks? Are you There's old? no one in the parks. If you see parks, it's like kids park. playing um, soccer or something. It's not like a place where I would feel comfortable going up to a stranger. It's not like where I see in Canada where it's all like people of all kinds walking around the park, just enjoying a day out with the beautiful weather. Like we don't have that. It's <laughs> it's <laughs> we have lots yeah. of parks. And I know like I've even gone up to people if it looks like a quiet street because I know there won't be the sound of the cars. And the key is like not where you are, it's like the person. So usually people, you know, that aren't on their phone, they look like, you know, you, they make eye contact with you. You can tell that they might be a little bit wanting to talk. You can tell those people that are like, just wanting to get to where they're going or they're, yeah, they they're got not the thousand yard stare. They're on their phone and yeah. just like on a public sidewalk, but like have like a little area in mind where you can, one of mine was just sitting on the grass cause that's all we could find, but yeah, I know it's it's really hard, especially when the weather limits you. But um, yeah, the 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 malls are like. I just tried a couple of different malls. I got kicked out of the biggest one in Toronto, the Eaton Center, and then that, that was a different one. This was called Dufferin Mall. So. Uh, so that when was, they kick I, you out, are you like "fuck you, cop"? I'm not fucking going. In. Or are you like "yeah, okay, of course"? Let me <laughs> no, no, I talk to them and like ask them how do I get in touch with the marketing. They're like, yeah, you should be able to get a permit if you just apply. Well, meanwhile, I know I won't get the permit if I apply. So, yeah. um, and then I'll, I went back there. I think I think I went back there um, on a weekday because I knew those security guards wouldn't be there, but I couldn't find anyone to interview. I would but just yeah. play dumb and be like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm so sorry. How do I, I totally do did. I'll yeah. totally like, do it next time, you know. So, but yeah. you still go back to these malls, huh? And you still you still catch some catch some unsuspecting uh, carnies. Yeah, like, the winter is like five months. You yeah. went back without a permit on purpose? Yeah, because I knew that was the weekend stuff. I talked to them and they said that they're here and they, it helped that they were Indian and we were like speaking in Hindi and they're like, oh, you know, what I was doing. And they were really, they were really cool. Like they late, like they were vegetarian and I told them whatever. And then I, they told me that they were the weekend staff. So I was like, yes. Oh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Yeah, we have the Irvine Spectrum here. I mean, that's where I want to go and just like walk up to randos. But it is a giant. It's like, that's the thing. It's like a mall the size of Disneyland, and it's, mm -hmm. and it's all. But there are only like three, four cops there. How how quick could they possibly be? I could get in, get out, right? Do thirty minutes of thirty yeah. minutes of talking. Are they Segway cops? They move pretty quick. <laughs> they used to have a RoboCop before the pandemic. They had one of those robot cops that would walk around or wheel around. Yeah, that's um, what it's been like. Yeah, they didn't have a Segway cop. They had oh. a, they had actually a a, a a robotic policeman that would like scoot around. It looks like kind of an R two D two, but it's California. And it's I, weird. I, another thing is like, huh. and you know, 
I think we're our own, like it's hardest to get over that mental block where there are constantly reasons why we can't do it. And I yes. find those reasons all like all the time, even now in BC, when I came here, we've been here for a few weeks. I was meant to be doing it. We're in a small, small er town called Squamish, which is like an hour and a half outside of Vancouver. Um, my son's father wanted to come here for mountain biking. So I'm like, okay, I'll be doing outreach while my son wanted to do a lot of mountain biking camps and stuff. Um, but it's so different. Suddenly you get to this smaller town and you're like, oh man, now I know how people feel that aren't in big cities. And it's, you know, it's scary because you go, I felt like if I go around a couple of times, I'll be getting to be known as the crazy vegan, stay away from her. I'll be in like the Squamish newspaper and they'll be like, stay away from this crazy lady. So I was like, kind of like page. hesitant. Yeah. The first week I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And then my son was at camp and he broke his arm on like a rock climbing wall. So that canceled everything because he had to have an operation and pins put in, have a cast on So my whole like summer. That's why I haven't posted in a while. But, um, you know, there's always like, yeah, it, it's hard. There's a lot of reasons why your brain is like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. And now I know I just wasn't prepared enough. I should have gotten myself a screen, a stand and like a GoPro camera to put on top of the screen and just gone out. It's bright till nine o'clock when his father's finished work. I could be doing it till nine o'clock. So it's just about like really thinking it through. How does it look like for me in my town to do it, thinking it through and doing it. So now I've just bought everything, had it sent to my mom's house in Toronto so I can do that kind of outreach um, there because going up to people is hard. It is hard just going up to strangers. And I know a lot of people can't do that like or like don't feel like they, they can do that. But having the screen is like your biggest ally. I think. Yeah, because people people are attracted to screens. To show them footage of. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you yeah. bring, like a little laptop or something? Or I, When I do it, I have my little um, tablet because those are the stuff. I've already gone up to them and asked them to sit down and talk so I can just yeah. show them the tablet. But I think for a lot of people, that first approach is, is hard, like to go up to strangers right. and ask them. So that's where just standing in a busy place with a screen on a stand comes in handy. But yeah, I use a tablet, which I've. Um, um, downloaded some of the um, AV that was footage. my next question. It's yeah. AV footage? AV it's footage. shortened AV footage. I was thinking I should probably put it up on my channel so other people or like, I don't know, somewhere so other people can download it mm -hmm. without wanting to use it. I don't know how to do that. Somebody well, asked I mean, about the, your shirt, Meet the Victims. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can see all of it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Meet the Victims was it's like a open rescue Um and kind of like direct action. I think it started here in BC um, where they were going onto farms to rescue animals and then they had to meet the victims in Canada, um, which I don't know if you guys know, 40-year-old uh, vegan was one of the organizers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he, might, he might be here today. He's usually he in the... He comes to Sunday school all the time. Yeah. <laughs> So cool. He comes to yeah. Sunday school. Uh, yeah. Small world. When he actually he actually that. brought a hat to Grumpy Vegan Granddad. That's who brought the hat to Grumpy Vegan Granddad ah. during. Uh, yeah, that's how that's how he got a vegan of course hat. Amazing. Yeah, pretty stoked about that. Yeah, that. so they do great. They do um, they do a, a lot of great stuff, and I constantly get comments on the sh of my, on my shirt for non vegans, like by non vegans, um, like oh, that's really they all say that's true. Hmm. Do you usually you usually wear um, like activism shirts when you're doing your? Not when I'm doing outreach. Oh, no, you don't want them no. to go until yeah. they. Yeah. Yeah, but when I'm not, then yeah. 
Yeah, see, I, I, the, okay, go ahead, okay. you've downloaded you've downloaded the videos from AV and you've edited them themselves on like iMovie or something. So you have like no, the chicken one or the beef one. No, it's no. already the you know what we show on the screens. Okay, it's already shortened Dominion clips. Got it. So you because because mm -hmm. it seems like because people you seem really flexible when people go like oh I didn't know about chickens or whatever and you're like oh I got chicken stuff right here and you you seem like you've got mm -hmm. it categorized for people to be like oh. And how long do you make them sit there and watch it? Because you cut that part out, thankfully, because I don't want to see that every time. Yeah. But uh, you, you cut that part out. How long are they watching in that time? And also, that like the video, we get age restricted if I did, because Dominion's age restricted, because mm -hmm. God forbid you see where your food comes from. But hunting yes. is allowed, right? That's so frustrating. Oh, so frustrating. Yeah. That's yeah, a really good point. I hadn't realized that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so they're all, I think they're like one to two between one and three one minutes. minutes yeah. Yeah. Okay. Has anybody ever said, no, you can't show me footage? I think in the videos, a couple have tried to be oh, like, oh, okay. I'm not good with blood and I'll try and like talk them into it and stuff. What do you have, you had, have you had anyone be like hardcore with you? Like somebody, cause I had never seen anyone get really upset at you. Do, do you get people that really fly off the handle ever? No, I haven't yet. Um, not anyone that's gotten really upset, I think one time i just kind of was like a little bit rushed and i was like do you want to talk about animals and then just kind of like launched into it and yeah. um it, it wasn't the best person to talk to they were like didn't believe in climate they were like a climate change denier uh, flat like earther COVID, yeah, yeah yeah covid's not real and you know the people you're not going to get very far with um i i talked i had talked spoken to them before i started filming and i should have just kind of left it but no that was the only time and she was just like no didn't want to borrow it and kind of walked away. But no, for the most part, not. But I think that's kind of like trying to pick the right people that look like they want to talk. Yeah. People yeah. in person are much, I think people in person when they're face to face with it are much more likely to. Oh, for yeah, sure. I mean, even yeah, even the type sure. of the type of activism I have the most experience with is shouting and yelling and, and doing like the big the big displays. And even then, most people are like, they're pretty calm. It's surprising. You're you're up here, and people will come at you like all the way down here. Even the cops usually are like, "Okay, sir, can you please?" Uh, you know, and it's not usually like. And, and Karina's always like really. It's she's always like, "Oh, I'm really worried about you when you go out." Da 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 da. And I'm like, "There's nothing to worry about. Like most people are pretty chill. I'm not getting tased out here. Uh, mm -hmm. Most people are fairly, even if they're not open minded, they'll they'll pretend to be." You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because they're so like violent and aggressive online. I think mm -hmm. you know, and they're always, oh my god, from their private locked accounts with no posts on it. It's so or like with a picture of their dog on their profile. I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that I think Lauren, you had made a comment um, earlier before I came on was, um, you know, how you guys would want to react and how I actually reacted. And I was saying that well, in my head, I am like watch the video, like, come on, come on, watch the video. Um, I think once you give people a chance to like, come to the conclusion themselves that they already know to be true, like, and have them really articulate those thoughts in their heads, like, oh, I am against abuse, I am against violence, really have them like, explain it, explain it, explain it before you tell them, well, actually, you're not because you pay for this, this to happen. It really only helps you in the long term. Like it, it's, I find, I found that really hard to do in the beginning, but the more they can like articulate their thoughts, 
people yeah. want to sound like good people. People want to be good people and they want to sound like good people, right? So the more they kind of verbalize it, talk it through, your job, half your job is done by the end of the conversation. Yeah, and you can, I, I totally know what you mean because I started, like most of my activism has been done online, but I have done some street activism for the first time and like I see exactly what you're saying that online it's like you state a fact and then you kind of have to defend that fact right but in person you exactly like what you said you want them to come to the conclusion on their own so you really like have to know like maybe a handful of questions because it's kind of the same questions right with most yeah people. it's about establishing common values really yeah, yeah. like just life have more value than taste and there's so many great people like you said cliff and ed and you know all these people to watch the the vegan jesus <laughs> that we watched oh, yeah, ed. And, great Socratic questioning methods and like, yeah, I think that's, that's and so you don't great. need to have full on arguments. I think that's what I like about Sheena's yeah. content is that she's not having arguments with people about their right. like cultural heritage and these things. She's like really laying it out. Well, do you think, and it's almost with that, that Socratic method, it's like, okay, where, where are you coming from? Can I show you this? Um, what do you think about that? And it's never like, because, you know, vegans get accused of being dogmatic, like it's wrong to use animals. Okay, yeah, that's where I, that's how I do it. But most, like, it's, there's another tactic, right? The tactic is, well, how do you feel about using animals, right? <laughs> and, and are yeah, you okay with what you're supporting? Yeah. Well, it's kind of different, Sky. I mean, I think it's one thing to go on your, on your YouTube channel or your social media and say it's wrong to use animals. It's another thing to walk up to somebody if you really want to impact them to because they're not necessarily going to go vegan immediately but you are going to probably make them think about themselves and their actions in a way you know if you ask them the right question like well can you really be against cruelty if you're paying for that and then they are looking at it you know and yeah. it's like how can they say yes when there's like you know i also like, like the idea that um no matter what, their even if they're not listening, their phone is listening, and their phone will show oh, them vegan content later because their they're. <laughs> yes, I never a... thought about that. Well, you're gonna have to do all your activism from your knees so that their yes. phone in their pocket can just still talk. Well, my next thing is gonna be like I've got this dog costume. It's a Scooby Doo costume because Scooby Doo's a big dog. And I want to stand there, and I think that anyone who interacts with me dressed like Scooby Doo, I'll say, "Hey, would you like to answer some questions about animals for my, for my YouTube channel?" And that way, there's no sign necessary. I can just be like, and then, and then, but with your camera, Sheena, I want to kind of know not not to get too technical, but like, how are you setting up your camera? Is there a tripe? Are you walking? Like, what's your gear? What, what do you look like when you go out? Like a big backpack full of shit, or are you like? just you and your purse like wow how, how do you do all your setup and everything yeah so i've got a very simple collapsible tripod and mm. my phone like that it's like a galaxy um, that's all on phone footage that's all phone yeah, footage yeah that's all phone footage and wow. um a microphone zoom h1n or zoom h yeah h1n um, it's, an old, it's an old one. Yeah, the old okay. one. I found it. All of this is all, everything. That was my dad's old phone. The camera, the microphone was um, I found on Facebook Marketplace. It was 10 bucks. And the tripod was my mom's. Was $10? My mom's, well, that, yeah, that was secondhand. I don't even think they sell that one anymore. I think the new one is maybe 50 or $60. But it's just, but, a, um, it's just a recorder with an SD card, right? And yep. then you. Yep, and so battery. when you. So you set up your collapsible thing and 
so you get you you catch one right and you're like okay come over here real fast yes. <laughs> put up the put it up in like five <laughs> seconds do okay you ready Humanely, of course. Yeah, I'll be like, okay, are you? Uh, I'll, t I'll talk to them a bit first. Um, I got this from um, Debug Your Brain. Ask them about what their. I asked them lots of other stuff too, and then I asked them about what they're. I think I asked them about what they're passionate about first, because I mm -hmm. like them. People want to talk, so Debug Your Brain suggests ask ask what their passions are. So, and then we have a little bit of a conversation. And then I'll say, are you happy for me to start filming? And then, and then I put up the tripod, put my phone in it, turn my microphone on try and keep my vegan cookies and my vegan like leafleting my pamphlets like hidden while I'm trying to do it because if they see the vegan pamphlets they're going to be like oh fuck this is about veganism yeah. <laughs> so yeah and then that's it and then afterwards I give them like I write down a bunch of information for them and give them the cookie I like it okay mm -hmm. I love it and then you that's when you give them all the because then you're like, can I give you some recipes? You, I, you always ask that in the end. Like, I'll give you some resources. Is that okay? What do you give yeah. them after the end? Is that the pamphlet? Um, I think there's an, uh, there's a plant-based treaty pamphlet that uh, they have a good pamphlet, which you can download from their website. You can probably order them from their website too. I get them from Anita, like from the activists in Toronto where Save kind of Anita Kynes is in, like lives very close to me. So there's um, so a lot of activists always have a bunch of um um, outreach material with them. <clears throat> so I have, I have a few of them, but I try and give them ones with the ethical information, um, in it. And the plant-based treaty one has that there's another save, uh, movement pamphlet that I give them. And then my friend, um, who's a, um, very prominent activist in Toronto, Jenny McQueen has made cards and on the cards has all the, um, documentaries and then how to get involved in activism as well. I love that. I love and then the I always write, I have a pad, always have like a pad and a pen to write down the information for them that is specific to them. Like if they have concern, like they had questions during the interview about whatever, and I'll Ooh. write that down. Do you I just like, like, do you do activism in a group too? Or do you just kind of like do your own thing? You said you're kind no, of- No, I mostly do. I mostly do it in a group. You know, oh, there's yeah. so much going on with the fur protests in Toronto. Um, there's a safe movement, which the cow vigils are only about a 15 minute drive mm -hmm. from my house to the slaughterhouse. Um, so many different things. Jenny McQueen, who I mentioned before, plans oh, yeah. her husband, Peter McQueen, so, so many of them. I, yeah, I do a lot of, I, I like, I really like doing group events. She's the one that goes and just like stands up on the checkout counter in the grocery store. She and does she, everything. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm just like, this is like, you know, I'll like walk up and talk to people at the grocery store. I want to stand up on the counter and scream and she will. And I'm just yeah. like, just be like, this is what happens to animals in the, you know, the pork industry. And she's just standing on the checkout counter. Yeah. Like, I haven't amazing. seen her do that kind of thing in a while. She definitely does um, disruptions. Um, yeah. yeah, especially well before the laws in Canada got really, really strict. Now we have something called Bill um, One Five Six, which is now a law, which makes it illegal for activists to trespass onto farms uh, to film and Another even me going law. into yeah. The, it's a very yeah, very draconian ag gag law, like you guys have there. Um, so she used to do a lot more stuff like that, um, and then she did an open rescue, and she now has a criminal record because of that. So she she's just um brilliant in the way that she's great at her writing her social media posts she writes media releases so a lot of her stuff a lot of the stuff that activists do can kind of get seen yeah she's she's amazing and her husband peter mcqueen as well 
That's awesome. Uh, what um, is veganism your entire life, or do you have other stuff outside? Are you are you into anything else besides? Uh, <laughs> do you have any other hobbies that? Uh, foraging. I love foraging. Foraging. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's good. Yeah, I, I, I just tried moral mushrooms for the first time ever. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah, it's it's. I just looked at mushrooms this morning because I want to do a mushroom uh, foraging course because uh, they're coming into season here. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think my breakfast was like half a kilo of black bear, blackberries because they're everywhere here now. I saw a bear yeah. this morning as well. A bear? Uh, yeah. Jeez. Have you yeah. ever taken your son to one of those vigils or no? I have. Or like, you have? Yeah. yeah, I have. We did go. We've been twice. Mm -hmm. um, in hindsight, I'm not sure if it's a good idea. I went because he kept telling me that he wanted to go. Um, I see, you know, we asked where I was going. He was four at the time. And I would say, well, I'm just, I'm going to see the cows. And he's like, well, why are you going to see the cows? And we said, well, I'm going to go say bye to the cows. And he said, I want to say bye to the cows. Oof. And yeah, it was really, it was really tough. So yeah, he had been asking for a while. And then I took him and we basically stood on the side and yeah, when the trucks came by, we just kind of waved to them and oh. didn't go up to the trucks. Yeah, I was, you know, I posted some on my, you know, pictures of that on my Facebook, you know, saying, you know, if, if you don't think that this is right, then why is it right to pay for to pay for this? So mm -hmm. um, I got a I got a good response from that. Uh, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I, I don't know if it was the best thing. Yeah, it's it's hard. A lot of tears, a lot of. Uh, he you felt like he, maybe it's a bit traumatic, or. No, I, I don't know if it if it was traumatic. He still asks to go now, except it happens to be during school hours, so. Um, we don't go. Uh, he doesn't go. I go, but he doesn't go. So it was he he was okay. You know, he asked a lot of questions. What happens to them now? Um, so why the misgivings? Why are you worried about whether or not it was the right thing to do? Maybe I could have done it when he was really understood what was it was about when he's older. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it, it, I think he probably will ask to go again when he's older, and then yeah. I could definitely take him and really. I just I just thought it left too many questions in his brain that I wasn't prepared to answer, which mm. you know says a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a question: Is the airspace still a free zone in Canada? Can you still fly drones over a farm? Mm. Uh, I was, from what I've been told, and I don't know this firsthand, is that no, you can't fly drones in most provinces even. I mean, it makes sense because I know that in Canada, it's like, like the United States where the landowner also owns the space above mm -hmm. until the FAA or whatever the Canadian equivalent is takes over. So you have mm -hmm. basically all of the airspace over your home as private property as well. Since before drones, that was before drones were right. invented. Interesting, yeah. Um, I'm not sure about the ag gag laws, but, um, you know, in the United States, it, it's always been tough here because I mean, you can go on, I don't, I, I'm, I would be terrified to go on a friggin' I've been on farms. I've been on cow farms as a, as a friendly, not as an activist. And, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't want to go on those farms as an activist. Those people all have guns and they all have people, even people who aren't working for the farms are there shooting at other animals like deer and shit. They're, they're shooting other animals with high powered rifles. I've even been on farms where they had a, a 50 cal 
that they were just, because the farm has so much land, they were just doing long-distance shooting. They had like 150 yards, 200 yards, that, and they were doing that type of shooting. That's what's happening out on farms in America. I'm, yeah. I, I'd be terrified to go out there and try to be like getting footage. I, I'm so, I, I'm, I'm truly moved that people are able to do it and have the courage to do it. But um, yeah, I'd be afraid of getting shot for sure. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> the opportunity costs are so high. Oh, the footage is out there. Right, the footage is already out there. We can risk our, you know, safety for definitely things that are more going to have more impact. I think is just that's the key question, isn't it? What what are those things? And right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's important. Like we talked about, a group of activists came over a couple of weeks ago. We talked about like what the point of going to vigils like that is for mm -hmm. us because it's so emotional i haven't been to one yet but like um they just passed some laws here too now where like you can't you're not even supposed to be anywhere near in the trucks and it's so crazy like it was like a missouri law and i live right on the border of kansas and missouri so i could technically go easily there and the like the the senator who like passed the law also has a big like portion of the pork industry company that's based out of Missouri. So she's like passed this law to benefit herself. Like it's just, and that's like how it's, it's all built here. I'm sure it's the same everywhere, but it's designed this way on purpose to keep everything hidden. And you're right. It's like, if we're risking our safety, then we're kind of, we can't do anything and we can't do anything for those animals either. So if mm -hmm. it's just give like people repeated trauma to show up to it, yeah. burn them out. I think it's important to see it, you know, maybe like once or twice. I actually wonder about that if maybe the increase in, like there's a lot of reasons why um, animal slaughter increases and we all kind of know about it, about the international, um, the food trade and all of those other kind of uh, market forces. But there's a piece of me that thinks, and I could be completely off base, but um, I don't know if, if you either have been to, in Europe, there are still slaughterhouses in city centers. There are still slaughterhouses in, in downtown areas. They're rare, but they're far more rare here. And they're closed, like the one in LA just closed, the one that used to be the Dodger Dog one, it, it closed. And they move them out to the desert where there's no people. And I think that the reason, one of the reasons why people are more and more disconnected and okay with eating animals mm -hmm. is because it's happening some, so far away, yeah. you don't even realize you don't hear the screams. I, when I lived in Germany, we used to, it was, it's, it's a little bit embarrassing to say, but um, there was, we would get really drunk at night. And, um, and at night, there'd be a slaughterhouse near the pub where we would go. And we would hear the screams in the slaughterhouse because it'd be late, super late at night when they were doing this. And it was really quiet. And all of a sudden, you can hear the slaughterhouse is still at work. And um, the joke was that if you go to that, that pub, you really get slaughtered because slaughtered is also a euphemism for getting drunk. And that would be like, do you want to go get slaughtered would be like something that some of the locals would say um, to go to that Irish pub to go get drunk that night because you would hear the slaughterhouse at night when you left the pub. And that shit doesn't happen in the United States. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's no bar next to the slaughterhouse in the United States. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are so ignorant about where their food comes from. It's, it's so far away now, you know? So true. They're yeah. so disconnected. I mean, like, you know, you you said something earlier, Sheena, about like people and like not wanting to hurt animals and stuff. It's like, I think people 
like the parents, they really believe that they aren't hurting animals. Mm -hmm. like, I've had people with an animal's body parts in their mouth being chewed tell me, like, I would never hurt an animal. You know, like they mm -hmm. really, really believe they have nothing to do with that whole process. No, they don't. Like we also didn't until a certain point when you just right. otherize them to this extent in your mind where it's given to you when you're a kid, something in your brain just goes, that animal didn't feel pain and suffer. It's not like the rest. And it just, that thought just carries on and carries on and carries on until one day it just doesn't. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. Well, it's almost when you like think two about hurdles it. too, right? Okay. I mean, it's like, it's that, okay, do they feel pain? Are they, did God give them a soul and all that type of garbage you have to get through. But mm -hmm. then there's also the necessary evil part, which is where it starts looking kind of like Nazism to me, where it's like, Oh, well, yeah, I'm against it too, guys. I wish we weren't doing this, but this is the necessary thing that we have. This is all, I'm just doing my job. This is the necessary thing. It just has to happen. And um, like, that's how, that's how so many people, I, I feel like that was more me where I knew it was wrong. I knew it was bad. I knew animals felt the, cause I, I had given up fish and, and been kind of on and off vegetarian since I was like 15 or something, 14 maybe. And I was always, I always had these misgivings, but then constantly people tell you, well, that's just how it has to be. It's just, mm -hmm. it's a necessary evil. You have to live and you have to eat animals to live. I still think then you probably still even really didn't like understand the, their suffering or that it was on par with our suffering or a dog suffering. Like I, I, right. I don't know. I, I think I said that to myself too, that it just is, it is what it is. It is, it is yeah. that way. And that is just how it is. But I think I never really like made a connection that it's that bad. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. a lot of us believe that one bad day shit too, that yeah. myth that yeah. someone just walks up behind day. a cow and yeah. Yeah. It's just one bad day. They, they don't yeah. even see it coming. I remember mm -hmm. my mom and my dad telling me they don't even see it coming. It's one quick pop and they're done. And you don't. I wonder what it is. One quick pop and they're done. Yeah. Yeah. Because we believe because because I mean, uh, I compare it to Santa Claus all the time. If you when you're five or however mm. old you are and you finally realize there's no such thing as Santa Claus, everyone's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Jigs up. But like <laughs> but the other one. But if they had a vested interest in you believing in Santa Claus and that they were going to make millions of dollars doing it and this whole and they were all complicit and they knew it was this lie that everybody was in on, you'd be they'd tell you Santa Claus existed and you'd still believe it. <laughs> you know, yeah. just like, just like Jesus Christ and the Latter Day Saints. I mean, everyone. And I think our, you know, historically our survival meant on trusting what our family and our community tells us. So it's just like all these things are working against children, especially and even adults. All these things, and then we have like the marketing to contend with, and then the lies. Then you the mix industry. in economics. Yeah, you're and, you're done. You know, you're yeah, exactly. And then you're once done. money you know, hits, you you're like. Chance. Yeah, I think that's why things in India are a little bit different. Things in other countries where people are like, uh, yeah, we, we have kind of, it's kind of controversial what we're doing to animals. Some of us are on board with not eating them. Some of them are, but they don't have this like marketing machine to deal with. That's like everyone's making billions off of us eating animals. There's big pharma. There's all these other like horrible market forces that are complicit in our in our on our idiocy, our ignorance. Yeah, I mean, you know, the dairy companies in India definitely have that monopoly, and so does the pharmaceutical company there. I think they couldn't even get that film. I think it was Holy Cow shown on Netflix because it was, it was just too controversial. 
regardless mm. of how amazing that would be for that country for for Indians mm. to real like to realize especially the environmental impact like if not on those grounds like sorry if not on the ethical grounds at least on the environmental ground how destructive it is for yeah that like uh, eating that? Our way, watch movies like eating our way to extinction about that and stuff or do they just not know those movies exist because there's that really looks at the environmental impact i don't know if you've ever seen well, that. there's lots of indian activists yeah, that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i mean I... there there are it's just it hasn't gotten out to the mainstream because of you know people have I would even call it a dairy addiction, you know. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I had this conversation with um, my little boy's, um, like, playmate's grandma the other day, and she's like, yeah, I just, like, I've made all these changes in my life, but, like, I just, you know, I just really, milk is just a problem for oh, me. And I looked yeah. at her and I said, what is the problem for you? You can't move your hand two inches to the right. I like I said this to her. I'm like, you can't move your hand two inches to the right to the soy milk or the cashew milk or the hemp milk or the rice milk or the pea milk or the almond milk. Like, what's the what is the problem? And she just like was like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, there's no, but you're addicted to doing nothing and being stuck. There's yeah, no, I mean, you know, like, dairy. Dairy was facing. I mean, and I'm like, oh, it's got a morphine, it's got like right. casomorphine in it, right? It's got a morphine like effect, which keeps the baby right. cow coming back for more, but it actually keeps us going back for more, too. Yeah. It's so messed up, it's so crazy. And I they say in cheese, it's more, it's more concentrated because concentrated. of the of the aging process and everything. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, dairy and cheese needs a, a cigarette moment, needs a tobacco mm-hmm. moment. That's what we need. I think that. Dairy is, but then it's again, more so like does bacon, right? Like I mean, colon cancer, uh, ovarian cancer, and prostate cancer, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. uh, and breast cancer. Breast cancer. I mean, what is? Cancer. I mean, that's the thing. that's like you know, at first, like you said, <coughs> it's like we all felt the same. We all were raised in the same way, and like some of us kind of like made the connection, and then like other things came along, right? Like you said. You got like not to eat animal products, but you didn't understand the ethics of the animals at first, right? That was an evolution part for you of learning more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah but and you know, really- with, with with people in India, it's like they're already so close to being there because of their reverence of the cow and you know the reverence of animals. I would say more so than a lot of than some countries, but it's just you know yeah like i think somebody just commented there yeah arvind is amazing arvind animal activist there's another great channel voice of vegans and his Mm -hmm. outreach is just amazing but as we know it doesn't get out to the people like you know the mass the the public that it needs to because people want to hear positive things about their their bad habits and like the powers that be so that the film holy cow was not able to be shown on um netflix the people who should be really educating people about the connection between dairy and beef and the environmental impacts like bollywood stars and all this they don't talk about it enough because they're it, it affects you know it's going to affect who's going to hire them it's like it's got su- such a huge it's such a huge industry there it's the biggest producer of milk of dairy in the world mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know. Well, in the United States, we're facing the same thing, right? They had we just had a thing where a freedom of speech issue in LA Unified School District, where uh, someone was handing out a student was handing out anti dairy um, pamphlets, and because of some USDA, some obscure USDA law, she's not allowed. She's not allowed to offer any information about alternative milks without also offering information about dairy milk. Mm-hmm. It's and it's because of something that happened 
post-war America and because of the lunch, the the what are the free lunch system that we use in this country? I mean, it's it's like these ancient it's laws. Like you know that you can have cigarettes, you can get cancer from cigarette smoking, but because at one point, like we didn't know that, you we're going to tell you to keep smoking. Like, well, yeah, I mean, there, I think there's lots of, but the, these are these are health uh, issues. But it's like hopefully health can help people wake up it woke you up lauren and sheena you watched forks over knives it sounded like that was kind of a, a health thing at first or was it or was it an ethical thing at i wasn't first for ever you? really concerned about the health thing it was more the environment and then the ethical side mm, mm. now it's yeah, definitely think... more the ethical side than, and kind of everything else is just mm -hmm. great too mm -hmm. well what do you think is because uh, the environment is something that really bums me out okay so i think that uh <laughs> Like I, I, I try to stay hopeful and optimistic about veganism and, and, and maybe a plant-based future, maybe if not a vegan future, a plant-based future. And I, I, although I want to change the world with veganism, maybe I don't really care about the plant-based future as much, you know, because I want people to look at each other as, as, as fellow earthlings. I want, I believe in this idea of world peace if we start looking at each other as, as equals and just beings on this spaceship called Earth. What is holding us back when it comes to the environment? Because you'd think that the environment would at least like people shit the planet's melting it's the not, fuck are we going to do about nobody's it nobody's talking about it why aren't we in a climate why haven't the leaders of our planet declared a climate emergency they're too busy eating steak at dinner talking about it they don't even care which well, I, this is right. I don't understand either because their life depends on it too well, and that's what's even when they that's had the, the hardest part right their life and their children's life when i see parents that aren't actively trying to make small changes in their life you're like, don't you care about the future of your kids' planet and your grandkids' planet? I saw a I saw a climate scientist yesterday, and he said, and I felt so I felt so seen. He said, I used to be fearful for my kid and my grandkids' future, and now I'm fearful for oh, my I saw own. That too. Like it's mm -hmm. like I I felt and that's what I said to this mom today. I was like, I mean, I thought we had like a hundred years, and now I think we have like two. And she's like, uh, I don't want to think about that. And I'm like, but you have to think about it. Like, do something right now. Hundred degree ocean temperatures off the tip of Florida. A hundred degrees also uh, a recorded in, in the Arctic Circle for the first time. Hurricane yeah. in California is is kind of weird. Maui but last week. Look yeah, at yeah well, British Columbia, you can't see the Canada. You can't see the Canadian mountains right now. No, I mean, I can show you. I can turn the computer around and show you the like the, the smoke over the mountains and it's like still people driving around it's <clears throat> in their huge big trucks which they have no business having trucks a lot of them they just do yeah. it because everybody else does these big pickup trucks having having barbecues to raise money for people affected by the fires same thing in australia and it's like what are you doing yeah you wanna, like i think it's like two and a half times more um impactful like to eat dairy than to drive a car right now mm -hmm. it's it's just shocking to me that no one's making the case and even when the prime minister i think the prime minister of india i'm not totally uh i think prime minister not president right i think they have prime minister there they okay. uh visited visited the u.s they had a vegan meal at the at the uh the white house because of the prime minister of india visiting and still they said fish available upon request and it's like you sons of bitches! You just couldn't have you couldn't have had on the menu one meal. Once, like an one meal. Mm -hmm. Did you yes. watch Poisoned yet? I, I saw Poisoned. I I, I think you about it. Sense. You know, yesterday I, I I very rarely make Beyond Meat or any of that stuff. Yesterday it was on sale at Sprouts, so we bought some Beyond Meat. We all had uh, some vegan hamburgers, right? As I'm making it, I always probe the meat 
to see if it's because it's cooking from frozen usually. So I probe with my with my thermometer to see make sure it's done. And when I do so, when it hit 155, I thought that stupid asshole and poisoned knows that there's poop in his animal burgers. He knows that there's he he's he's fought he's seen he's known people who have died Nine. from E. coli yeah. and salmonella. He's known he fights in a court of law for the rights of the people who have died of salmonella and E. coli, gets all into their family business, and he sits down in a diner and he tells the fucking waiter, I'll have a burger please, but please make sure that it's cooked to one hundred and fifty five degrees. And hold the lettuce. Hold the lettuce. He said he won't eat romaine lettuce anymore. Oh my god! Like all of the people in the movie were like, "We won't eat." They don't even really like the romaine is making you sick because it's being sprayed. The romaine's not the problem, right? E. coli does not live in the guts of a romaine animal. Hannah Moon, Hannah Moon, vegan is so right. She said, "Like being like being an an animal eater is criminal on so many levels." And you're right, feeding animal body parts. And their secretions to children is abuse. I agree. Yeah. Well, so with the environment, sorry, I I know we got to go, but I want to just just one more thing about the environment. The thing that got me on to be an environmentalist is again, I became vegan because I'm against violence and oppression. I became vegan because I'm against um, uh, slavery. And then I thought, well, what could be more oppressive than taking away the environment from people who aren't even born yet? You're making decisions that are messing up totally. So true. When you when you feed your kids, like when people say they would do anything for their kids, what I think they mean to say is they refuse to give them a livable future. And they do, they do. they'll do anything for them as long as it doesn't affect their own lifestyle too much. I know. But yeah, like, I'll do anything for them unless I actually have to do anything for them. Do anything for them. Everything for them. I'll punch a clock every day and live as a wage slave for my kids. But uh, changing one, just one of my habits for you can't even get people to quit smoking because of their kids. Do you remember when all the secondhand smoke shit came out? Yeah, it's most, an addiction. Most like people have come, yeah, most people have quit that now because it's like it took a generation though, well, and you think right. that you think that a generation has gone by since we've been talking about global warming at least. Now, I mean, the anti-cigarette league started in 1919, which blew my mind when I found that out. 1919. So that was the year, I mean, shit, that was a year before women had the right to vote in America. And yet we just, we, we cigarettes are still not illegal. And we just got, now people all agree, yeah, cigarettes are bad. Let's not do it. Or, or only do it a little bit, like at a bachelor party or something. But like you don't, you know, when you're in Vegas and you're drunk, you're allowed to smoke. But don't smoke every day. Don't do it. You'd think that the same thing would be true about killing animals at this point. Like, don't do it unless you're at a bachelor party and everything's crazy and you're drunk and you don't know which way's up. Like, you'd think that, that we'd be at least there by now. Ew, and even then, don't do it. Well, record. of course, that's the same thing with cigarettes. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't do it. For, yeah, exactly. For, for the record, like, yeah. <laughs> it, became, like, it became uncool to smoke in like social situations, and that's why. I think that's it because it's so – it's so normalized to eat animals for so many people like where you know you'll go to like today i'll go to this event and there were 10 kids and only one of them's vegan that's not the norm you know Mm -hmm. but that's why i think it's so important for us to like just make it seem so abnormal to everybody we speak to like it's so Mm -hmm. absolutely disgusting and outrageous to like eat flesh and secretions think about what you're doing that's where we need to be that's where we need to be it's 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 totally socially unacceptable yeah that's right. Socially, yes. This is why. Talk about I'm, you need the, the 
20% for a quorum shift. Once we have like 20% of people saying that, then it starts, it like goes to that point where the acceleration happens really fast. And we get well, you need the majority of the, uh, of the 20% who are the agenda setters, according to someone like Noam Chomsky. And you have to be like, they can't be pick me vegans. They need to be fuck you vegans. Sorry. Yeah. They need to be fuck you vegans. Yeah, so I feel like you need to get you have you first you have to isolate the 20% who are actually out there setting agendas, part, you know, consuming media in responsible ways, maybe members of the com- of the media community. And then you yeah. and then you need half of those. <laughs> so right, you well, have to find out who it. they are. <laughs> Everybody who's watching, go make vegan. Uh, yeah. Make more activists. Get active. Make vegans. Well, yeah, I mean, because Noam Chomsky is like, okay, 80% of the people are just following orders and doing what they're told. Mm-hmm. You need to find out who the 20% are that are, are, are doing doing the ordering. It's like college professor. He goes through who they are, like members of like uh, working for newspapers, media companies, college professors. These people who are kind of setting the, the agenda of saying mm-hmm. things like, I don't know, racism's bad. Those types of people, right? 80% of the people didn't give a shit about racism. But you had 20% being like, no, racism is bad. Let's do something about it. And it changed the world and even though there's still racism you still have like an agenda that is racism is racism is bad when we find it we try to fight it that's what yeah, we and need adjust to be. the laws accordingly yeah right yeah exactly and the, at least the mores the norms those mm-hmm. types of right like even when it's not illegal we're still like we it doesn't sit right with us does it like even when the aclu defends the rights of the kkk to be racist it all makes our stomachs turn you know like that's that's a good thing i think you know like okay it's your right to say it but we all still hate you for being racist bastards i think that's where we need to be with with animals right like okay maybe it is your right to kill them but we hate you for it and we never want you we we want to shun you and put you in a in a cage because you're not like the rest of us anymore you i think that's what i think melanie joy talks about that a lot as well about half the job is it being making veganism become the norm and becoming socially acceptable that it just makes other people that are not vegan just feel like they're totally being you know not not part of the community or whatever you know them being looked at differently or looked down upon Um, and that's why I think so many different like one of the reasons that I went on got onto YouTube is like Yes, of course, you're, you know, you're, you're, you have the potential of changing other people's minds that are watching the video, but it's also to amplify the voice out there, like to put more vegans on YouTube, making it seem like this, that we're just everywhere, um, yes. just to kind of am- amplify it because yeah. it just can only help accelerate what we're trying to do, you know? Yeah, that's what I think, like, uh, Justin from Debunk Your Brain, one of my, fa- uh, Debug Your Brain, uh, his, one of my favorite videos of his is where he talks about how it's not going to be your Kim Kardashian that shotguns us. It's going to be us coming from the peripheral and building relationships until the point where we're so large, we're encompassing the culture. Mm-hmm. We're in the fringe now, but as, as, as soon as we close that circle, there's enough of us to come in and, and change the center. And yeah. I think that I, I love that video that he did. I, 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 I think it's brilliant. He's a brilliant guy, that Justin right. guy. That, uh, yeah, yeah, debug your good. brain. He's too smart for the rest of us. He's yeah. too smart. <laughs> he totally he's, is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's also a kind fellow. He's been on the show. He's a really nice guy. But um, but I really like the idea that, you know, I, I say it a lot, like, in my turn, in 
to simplify it, I, I really think get your two vegan friends together. Don't start a vegan club. Start a book club and then or join somebody else's book club. And now there's two vegans in there. You convert one. Now you got you might even have a majority in a book club. And before you know it, everyone feels left out that they're not vegan. Right. Yeah, I don't mean like go have babies and make them vegan. I mean like go do outreach. Yeah, you better clarify that. I mean like go do outreach and try to make people you know vegan and strangers vegan. Probably you're probably gonna you're probably gonna have better luck with people you don't know. Definitely. Gary Francione, uh, the education's the way to do it. We win hearts, we win minds. Right. I mean, that's it. You can't make them change. You can only make them think, and the rest, you know, like that's why that's why we say what. People do with the vegan message reflects them, you know, and their character. We have the anti-anti-natalist Carrie. Um, <laughs> yes, have more babies. Have more vegan babies. That's what we need. Um, Sheena, where can people find you? What what What's coming up next for you? Um, I've been doing outreach since I've been here, but not really filming it and going into Vancouver to do some outreach um, on the weekends. Take the bus into town and just do the cubes and some other they do. There's a couple of different organizations that do basically similar to AV. Um, so I'm just waiting to go back to Toronto in a couple of weeks, and then I'll be doing making more outreach videos um, there. And right now, I'm really only on YouTube at Very Vegan Mom. Very Vegan Mom, who is linked in this uh, broadcast, and so you can find Sheena on YouTube and more content coming because it's in the can, just not edited yet. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, Lauren, are you going to get in any fights at the supermarket this week or what's the deal? Oh, probably. No. Are you going to do any activism oh, this week? I Well, we were supposed to do activism last Friday, but the organizer moved and like it was just too much. But we are planning a Elwood's dog meat tasting oh, cool. at um, the Plaza Art Fair that's coming up in a couple weeks here. So I'm actually really <laughs> I like that Plaza Art Fair. Yeah, and we're just gonna have like probably like vegan jerky set up with like some Elwood's propaganda. I like um, that. So it's in a it's in a public park, and you're gonna be able to go and do that. You'll have freedom of speech on your side. I mean, it is like I went there just me and my husband last year, and like we couldn't even walk. There were so many people there. So we'll <laughs> have to find like a good place where people are like passing by to head into it because it's just an outdoor like shopping area and they close off a couple of the streets and people people set up these little vendor tents and spend like hundreds of dollars so we'll have to figure out how to get around that because <laughs> we're not spending your money we're just gonna farmers markets food. might now farmers markets are on private property here and too farmer's market because they have the local family farm and i was just like can we just go set up a cube there so um yeah i mean there's some people who are talking about trying to organize one of the convergences here in kansas city so we've been brainstorming all kinds of different activist things that we could do were we to bring like a big group of people here so yeah. uh interesting to see, we'll see. awesome cool yeah. well I can't wait to uh, see what you guys come up with. I'm I, I have some uh, some good leads on on Craigslist. I got a couple people that say they want to hold the camera for me. But now that now that Sheena says she goes out there solo with just a camera and a collapsible eye, uh, uh, tripod, I feel like I could 
just an iPad and a tripod, I think I can do it. I don't know. Yeah, then you don't have to depend on like, oh, can the other person come? You just go and yeah. you've got a little bit of free time. Yeah. I really like that idea. Cool. Yeah. Vegan Strength, Alawali Blue says, well, thank you everybody for joining. Don't forget to like the stream. And if you subscribe, if you're not already, bye everybody. Thank you. Thank you it's so hard to not abuse animals. Colonies can fuck themselves. Don't fuck themselves. This is a shot of all vegans. I, oh, there! Did you just pop back on on purpose? Why'd you do that? <laughs> I don't know. What just happened? You just messed me up. I don't know. You must have hit something. Here we go, uh, guys. I know that everyone, uh, people were asking about my Lafu. Mine is signed right here. Maybe he'll sign yours too. Uh, mine's got a signature on it. But if you're interested, I put the link to the interview I did with Lafu in the um, in the community tab of this channel. So if you'd like to check that out, please do. Don't forget tomorrow we have Monday and it is uh, a pre-shift day. We'll do our vegan affirmation in the morning and, on, and we'll have at 5 p.m. we'll have a show as well with reaction videos and stuff like that. Thank you so much for everything. Illegitimate non-carborundum. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Thank you. <laughs>